God, we have a very serious topic today. Do we want to talk about the uh, Fine Gael, uh, Galway counselor just doing the most insane shit on Twitter? Did you see that, Nick? The 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 handicap, uh, apparently the 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 seat for people in wheelchairs. Yes, I did see that. Yeah, the I love terrible. yeah I love the fact of just like something that's like very obvious anti homeless you know defensive construct oh, yeah. like uh, uh, architecture. It's like it, actually yeah. it's progressive. <laughs> like <laughs> all right, sorry. Um, I don't think that someone who is in a wheelchair needs a special place to sit on a bank. Or yeah. on a yeah. on a on a on a a bank. A like, bank is the German word. Uh, on, bench. A, on a bench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like with Armlin and shit. Like yes. that. Yeah, I know. It's, oh, that the, was the, horrible. There was just like a lot of people in the in the replies who were people in wheelchairs being like, No, no, like wheelchair accessible benches already exist and they just look like regular benches, but they have yeah. like a bar at the back to help us lift ourselves on. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, not this weird gap in the middle. Yeah, or... where you can just park your wheelchair. I yeah. mean, like, what is? Skirt. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really get that. Um. Yeah, the tweet that she had the next day because I cannot stress enough how like no county councillor in Ireland is really prepared for being the main character on Twitter. Um, <laughs> no one in Ireland is prepared. Come on, no one in Ireland is being like like global main character. You could be the main character on Irish Twitter. That's bad enough, but being the main character for the entire world, like people from India were retweeting this, be like, "This is oh. fucked." Wow. <laughs> people from India have been tweeting today too, but we'll get to that. Oh, oh, oh! But, um. But uh, uh, the next day she posted being like, how dare you accuse me of cynically building something against the homeless? I I had a consultation with eight parents of disabled children. Uh, I was like, I guarantee you that consultation was just like, we would like benchers, benches for our wheelchair uh, uh, bound children. And she was like, cool, I'll run with this in just like my own direction, my own evil direction. And I think the... Uh, the perfect summary of Irish politics happened in the comments of the second tweet. Mm-hmm. She's a Fine Gael, uh, county councillor in Galway. Mm-hmm. And the only person defending her uh, that seemed legitimate in her comments was a Greens uh, county councillor. Oh, like, <laughs> damn. Okay, why? <laughs> just because the Greens in Ireland are just very pathetic. I mean, and- the Greens everywhere, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Welcome to your weekly corner spatey. Uh, I'm here, uh, Kieran. That's the voice you're hearing right now. I'm the Irish one. I'm also the bad boy. Um, I'm all, I'm joined by Nick, the pretty one. I was about to say, yeah, I better get something <laughs> cool. Hey, what's up? I'm joined by Yulia, the one who will have the successful solo career after this all falls apart. <laughs> okay, wait, why? Because <laughs> you're the most talented one, obviously. Uh. <laughs> You're Justin Timberlake. Just don't beatbox uh, uh, live at an in-sync show. Uh, you know what? I heard soda Korea, and I was like, okay, I really do like sodas. But uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're it. just getting sponsored by uh, Fritz. Um, nice. Okay. And we are also joined by Flo, a queer feminist and anti-racist activist from Berlin's Queers Against Racism and Colonialism. Hello. Uh, hello. 10 years of experience in Palestinian solidarity in countries like Belgium, Netherlands, and Germany, and also Ireland. Play the air horn sound. 
Whatever. <laughs> How do I Damn, know this person? Son, where'd you find this? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And thus confirming the theory that everyone in Ireland actually does know each other. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> oh, that's where you know each other from. Yes. Ah, <laughs> Ireland. All right. <laughs> we were at the... Uh, we were at the orientation event for everyone in Ireland where you all have just to like say hello to each other. <laughs> <laughs> we're nice. name tags. Uh. Okay. As you can probably guess, we're going to be talking about um, mm. Israel-Palestine and mm. more importantly, uh, I think Germany's reaction to the whole thing. A little bit of Europe as a whole <laughs> as well. I think, yeah, I think that it's really been Germany being the worst actor in all of this. It's just so fucking disingenuous. I hate this. I hate having to like look through uh, Twitter, me- whatever, media, this and that and that, and just see, yeah, like, I don't know, like facts being rewritten right before your eyes in like, you know, real time. <laughs> like, it's so mm-hmm. insane. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to do this episode and I don't simultaneously. It's an episode that needs to be done, but I'm going yeah, to hate definitely. it. Um, I just wanted to talk about Italian Instagram influencers. <laughs> I want to do that. As we all do, you know? Yeah. I want to, you know, all this, we would rather be kicking back right now. Um, yeah, talking about our favorite country in Europe. But no, if you're talking about our least favorite country in Europe, which is the one that we all live in. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Oh, right. Sorry. How, uh, yeah. How do we? <laughs> how do we? How do we start with this? Um, well, I think at the like like the fair point to start of is that then I found it very particularly weird how only um, like Dilinka was the only party who gave a statement of the original events of people being evicted yep. from their houses, you know, to make room for the settlements, this and that and that, mm-hmm. you know, during. Um, one of the holiest weeks in Islam, yeah, you know, um, and it was very telling, I think, of seeing how every single media figure, every single politician in Germany who was not from Die Linke, um, said nothing because I'm pretty sure they were just waiting to like, you know, see what then bubbles up so that they could just like forget that entire week before and mm-hmm. have this completely insane bombardment of complete bullshit just completely you know like i think there was already a tone set by the incident of first of may true yeah yeah because um you saw the reaction of the german media which was a reaction like we have right now is basically just focusing on anti-semitism or alleged like anti-semitism and yeah, as you said, only starting to talk about it uh, until Hamas came into like the whole. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a reason why they don't talk about it in the first place, yeah. and that is because they do not want any eyes on what Israel is doing in Palestine, yeah. Yeah. in the West Bank, in Israel itself, in Palestine 48. And in Gaza, because when the world is watching is when Israel is under pressure. So politicians are not going to make statements about it unless they're leftist politicians, because what is going on is extremely brutal. It's extremely violent. 
and its colonial occupation. Germany is a former colonial power, and in today's world, it's an imperialist power. It is not going to actively pursue talking about these mechanisms which it is funding itself. Um, Of course, Germany is not going to acknowledge what's happening, because if Germany were to actually ever acknowledge the crimes, the war crimes that Israel is committing, it would have to acknowledge its own responsibility in stopping those war crimes. So the Linka make a statement that's great. Um, There's a lot of issues within the Linka itself, Mm -hmm. because in Germany, we have a tendency of leftists. It's the only country in the world where you will see anti-fascists holding the flag of the state of Israel. You do not see this elsewhere in the world because leftists, anti-fascists in other countries can acknowledge that Israel is operating like a fascist state. It's, it falls within the framework of an apartheid state. According to the legal framework of what apartheid means, Israel matches that. Um, So yeah, Germany has a specific inability to process what is happening because clearly it has not gone further <laughs> clearly it has not gone far enough in addressing its role as a country in um in colonialism in the past and in upholding yes. settler colonialism today it is really interesting you mentioned that it was like two things which is First of all, I love anti-Deutsch for just being oh, called yeah. anti-Deutsch and then being the most German thing in the world. Um, <laughs> because like you said, no one else does this. Yeah. Um, but then the the same time, we did a whole episode on how Germany just forgets its colonial past, that they were even mm-hmm. a colonial power. They kind of just like forget about like German East Africa or German Southwest Africa and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, there's something, the thing about, I know that we, we may have said this a thousand times on the show, and I think it very much ties into the statement that Flo made about, you know, Germany having to realize their crimes also in Palestine that they're very much responsible for with, um, you know, weapons armament probably being Germany's biggest, uh, uh, you know, crime internationally, you know, whether it be Israel, whether it be Saudi Arabia, whether it be Turkey, Germany has done this thing since, you know, the end of the Third Reich, where they have been like, we're not involved in any conflicts. We're just selling yeah, arms. To but they're the, yeah. one of the, like, I think they're the third largest arms dealer in the world. Yeah. You know, so there's that first part. And then there's the second part, too, of like exactly the sense of if Germany were to actually come to realization of their, you know, colonial crimes and the crimes that Germany still does, you know, in a different sense that then are through imperialism, you know, uh, colonialism, you know, uh, uh, sometimes these two being interchangeable. Mm. Um, that would mean that then the entire narrative of how the Holocaust happened in Germany would be completely then different. It wouldn't be that then it was the sense of that this was the peak of, you know, German anti-Semitism and whatnot. This is the sense of a of a decades, if not, you know, generational long project that Germany had been doing internationally, which is something that then Germans don't want to admit. It's called white supremacy. Okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. Damn, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah I heard about the West. Right? Uh, yeah. For some reason, they can't piece together that this yeah. is yeah. a direct continuation because of 
And the yeah. German context is just a singularity. It's a singularity, it exactly. Once, exactly. This was kind of like a fall from civilization. <laughs> Not seeing how this was all tied to colonial exactly. history, etc., etc. Because suddenly, oh no, something happened to civilization and yeah. then that happened. Yeah, and there's which a really is, annoying is, argument course, that I yeah. see Americans yes. do a lot of that then like, oh, well, you know, the US was actually responsible for Hitler's ideas. It's like, no, they weren't. Like, these were already deeply ingrained things within Europe, within three through white supremacy within through you know imperialism and colonialism and they're still practiced in different ways and america the also shared them they just, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah but the united states yeah. is set up is, was literally set up as a federal colonial thing which is a whole other different historical thing yeah. and it really bugs me when americans try to hijack this conversation about them the history of europe and like europe's own sins and tries to make it of like well actually the u.s like inspired it. it's like they just they didn't this was happening like the u.s is a product of this and it's like made it in their own bad horrible way but it really is just like so much shitty historical revisionism that um, and I don't even know. Like, I mean, I know who it benefits. Of course, it makes Germans feel good about themselves at the end of the day that we've dealt with our history that we haven't. I mean, I think we'll get to the examples of it later, mm-hmm. but it makes me hate living in this country. And I'm not even like like directly affected by this. You know, like it's just simply the sense of just seeing how vile it is of this. Just like the. The revisionism, the sense of that then everyone patting themselves on the back for supporting a genocidal regime right now is just, it's so disheartening. It's, it's incredibly fascinating to see, especially amongst leftists, that they will look at a country with one of the strongest military capabilities in the world and think we need to ally with them because they're <laughs> under attack. Yeah. And instead of looking at a defenseless colonized population, think we need to, we need to ally with the colonized people. They instead think they need to support the people who have the safety of bomb shelters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God, those, there was I, I know I don't want to talk too much about Twitter, but there was this thing that like Ved published an article, which then uh, my man Olaf Poshat proudly retweeted of being of like, I went and it was an Israeli being like, I ordered a pizza and then I went downstairs and be like, oh, should I go into the bomb shelter? And he's like, wow, these people are so brave. And I'm like, I don't think you understand that yeah. you maybe just posted the like, like, at least the way that I see it, like, like the like maybe the shittiest thing that you could have done. Like, yeah, like there is, there are the bomb shelters. They have the iron dome. They have all of these capabilities of keeping their people safe. Well then like, you know, things of, of people in Palestine, not knowing if they're going to wake up like tomorrow, you know, Hmm. like it's so vile. Yeah. The, uh, uh, I think we might talk about it later, but we, we kind of mentioned already something that's, uh, um, the whole myth of Germany learning from its past thing, which oh, yeah. I've been thinking about a lot lately because, uh, again, not to talk about Twitter too much, I, I promised myself, you know, yesterday was Father's Day. I wouldn't be too online and too messy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like the one day I have a tweet that actually, like, you know, gets some traction because I, I tell the world that a, ter- a certain type of German liberal who thinks that, like, Muslims brought anti-Semitism to Germany like oh, exists and that's like a really popular thought in this country um, which rightfully everyone on Twitter found horrifying because that's an insane thing when you say that as one sentence um, but the whole learning from the past thing came up where it's like I think the problem is like yeah Germans nowadays learn, learn about World War II um, but 
they don't they haven't tackled the past of what led to world war ii or what happened immediately after like there's a lot of like negativity towards eastern germany but like i feel like there's like no discussion of the fact that like west germany was chock full of nazis like in terms of like high-ranking governmental positions there really is this sense that like like you said it built this crescendo and then that was fine and then we dealt with it yeah i mean we like like we don't need to get into this because we talked about it on like on the volatron episode yesterday or i guess it came out today where we talked about how the sense of how it took until the 70s to even like fucking talk yeah exactly off yeah the new careers of former nazi officials um and how like masin uh a ccdu official like literally just kind of like endorsed that like the holocaust was germany's attempt of doing something like good for the world yeah but it's fascinating because it seems like germany likes to pride itself with it's like how we deal with 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 the history how we de- dealt with uh holocaust because if you have like some someone who is as far as i know the um the responsible person for antis that not for is the head of the like the anti-semitic yeah, like the uh, council yeah, yeah. against anti-semitism mm-hmm. in germany felix klein is his name yeah um <laughs> i see yeah i see someone flow space not not too excited um not jewish himself as far as i know um no he is but yeah very much convinced that anti-semitism is nowadays an imported problem wasn't that also too that that he ended up having like connections to a lot of like very problematic groups? Oh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. I saw yeah, problematic yeah. group number one. He's associated with German government. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually one of the things that it's something that is really apparent with a lot of figures that support like repressive laws against Palestinian activism. Um, in Germany and across Europe, that so many of them are shaking hands with really far-right figures and right-wing yeah. figures from across Europe. And it's it's an entire alliance. Like, at the core of it, um, the Israel lobby is from the state of Israel, for sure, but it's also funded by Christian Zionists in the U.S. Um, that's a massive part of it. That's financing millions into lobbying efforts to influence European politics right from the U.S. And they're having an effect at the European Parliament and in our European countries, this one in Germany, they have a massive effect, this lobby. And that is really fascinating that these these figureheads are going around and they're saying that anti-Semitism is coming from Muslims. That's so fascinating because it's literally a part of the entire network of Islamophobes um, that have their very specific agenda. Again, it's a white supremacist specific agenda, because if we were to talk to any of these people um, within the Israel lobby, we can very clearly see that their concerns are not for all Jewish people. If we look at the state of Israel, we can see how Jewish people um, who are not white Jews are treated um, not as the supremacist race as white Jews are treated in Israel. They're treated um, in an inferior way. And for example, black Jews who arrive as refugees 
Um, there have been reports in the past about forced sterilization campaigns. So mm-hmm. who are these people supporting when they're fighting anti-Semitism? Because there is real yeah. anti-Semitism in Europe and most of these attacks are from the right wing. So, I mean, I don't see them so concerned about the right wing the way they're concerned about Muslims. So there's kind of a clear show that there's an agenda at play. Again, a white supremacist agenda because Europe will tolerate its right wing. Europe will tolerate its far right wing. The AfD, the anti-Semitic party are in the German parliament. What are they doing about that? How are they clamping down on them? I don't see them doing anything to crush the anti-Semitic right wing in a tangible way. What I do see is them justifying policies to not allow refugees into Europe's borders and beating refugees at the borders, leaving them to drown at sea while then saying that these are the people who are bringing anti-Semitism and coming with an entire narrative around that and using it as a blanket um, way to cover Palestinian solidarity activism as what is using it as a way to say that Palestine solidarity activism and all of these Muslims and all of these Arabs, they are the problem and um, Palestine activists are falling into the trap and all of these are the evil anti-Semites in the world. And the equation of anti-Semitism with Palestine solidarity activism is precisely the problem. It's literally part of an entire tool to um, crush opposition to, um, to a state the state of Israel, and to another state, the state of Germany, which supports and aids these violent policies. Um, it's very clear that the discussion around anti-Semitism is not targeting the vile anti-Semitism that is in European societies, but it's it's picking and choosing things. Of course, there are incidents um, where the anti-Semitism occurs by people who are weaponizing a cause. They are weaponizing a human rights cause for their own agenda. If you take, for example, um, President Erdogan of Turkey, it's not like he is a great person. No, he's he's literally a fascist. He supports Palestine, and I'm sure he's done a lot of anti-Semitic things in his life and harvests these. He wrote an anti-Semitic play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He wrote rights when he was younger. Exactly. And is Germany still shaking the hands of President Erdogan and making deals with President Erdogan to keep the refugees out and for Turkey to have responsibility for refugees that should be able to reach Europe? Yes, it is. So... This is all very long-winded, and I've said a lot of things that maybe sound a bit complicated because there's a lot of different concerns in what I've just said. What I'm trying to say is that there is a weaponization of the word anti-Semitism taking place, and it is following the state agenda that Israel is pursuing around the world to distract from its colonial crimes, and countries like Germany will eat that up because it's good for Germany's image to act like it is um, tackling anti-Semitism and it's following the Jewish state in the world. And Germany's doing a great job, apparently, right? But at the same time, yeah. it's ignoring its own homegrown anti-Semites. 
Yeah, of yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like a relief on the guilty conscience of, oh, yeah. of Germans. That's why we have this big anti-Deutsche in, in the German yeah. left. I mean, I mean, I think that it does. Um, like, this is the thing is that like, I know that we should on the anti-Deutsche a lot. I think that the sense of that then historically speaking, that the anti-Deutsche do have an important part within the sense of like the 90s German left and to completely, mm-hmm. you know, discount them is is maybe completely wrong but yeah of course they're so uncritical that it's just vile you know like i mean like so far that anti-imperialism now exactly is, is that something the anti, that is wrong yeah it's like i can there, understand from yeah. a perspective of that like like in the historical spot of where germany is that this discussion happened at the time that it did but the fact that it's mm-hmm. still such a vibrant part of the german left now in 2021 where like especially under netanyahu's you know liquid government and whatnot is just vile and i don't like it i mean yeah you're just supporting a fascist yeah. at that point like sorry you're and, not anti-fascist and it's also like a lot of the times it doesn't even like um consider um um that a lot of the groups in in like a solidarity with palestine are for example what happened now in gelsenkirchen yeah um, were very outspoken against the anti-semitism with protesting in front of a synagogue for example what was actually a lot of the times also kind of uh, fueled by groups like the gray wolf so like turkish fascists um we're very outspoken against these kind of actions. Something like, zum Beispiel, um, zum Beispiel, <laughs> for, for example, the um, uh, Jüdische Antifaschistische Bund, for yeah. example. So Jewish mm. Antifascist Bund, uh, Bund in the tradition of, of the Polish uh, uh, Bund, the Polish Jewish Bund. Um, for example, or Palestine Speaks as well, like yeah. made like a released uh, a statement against these kind of protests. Of course. I mean, all <laughs> across the board, Palestine yeah. solidarity activists are exactly the kind of people in the world who are also fighting anti-Semitism, fighting yeah, all course. forms of racism. And it's, it's in the nature of being an activist. So that's what these activists are doing. If they actually were listened to rather than having everything distorted around them, um, by powerful states than people in the world. If people turn their um, eyes off mainstream media for a second and actually come onto the streets and join the demonstrations, then they will see what the people are saying and they will see how carefully groups like Palestine Speaks are creating a space that is safe for Jews and that is safe for all people. And you will see that there are very strong links between the Jewish anti-fascist left and the Palestine movement in Germany, not only in Germany, also in the US, also in Israel, there are very strong leftist groups that are aligned with Palestinians. So I think that's, that's just incredibly clear. The links are there. That was what was so problematic on May 1st for, for Germany. It's that a group of Kurdish people, of Palestinians and of Jews were marching together and leading it. That is dangerous for Germany because it puts into question the entire state narrative about what is wrong and what the problem actually is. It will shake Germany to its core the moment people realize the links between Jews and Palestinians and it will crush the ability of anti-Deutsche and of German politicians and the racist German media of being able to say that um, 
Palestinian solidarity activism is anti-Semitic. That's that's what where it will crush that power that they hold over the German masses who listen to that media, who watch that media, and who listen to their politicians spouting lies and state propaganda to fuel their geopolitical interests in another region because Israel is the West's imperialist ally in the Middle East. And it's just so ironic that Germany, this country which has apparently dealt with its history of genocide and the Holocaust and and its history of vile anti-Semitism, it is so ironic that this country of all countries in the world believes that it has the power to and the power and the authority to dismiss the voices of masses of Jewish people around the world who oppose Israeli war crimes, who oppose the Israeli occupation, settler colonial practices, and Israeli apartheid. The fact that Germans, white Germans, random white Germans are walking into university spaces and into public conversations and painting all Jews with one brush and deciding for themselves that they know what's best and telling Jews who are opposing Israel's practices that they are anti-Semitic, that the Jews themselves are anti-Semitic because they oppose Israel's practices. That the audacity for Germans of all people to turn around to Jewish people and start telling Jewish people what anti-Semitism is, is it's really incomprehensible. And being a Jewish person who practices anti-fascist politics and who is critical of the state of Israel in Germany is not easy. The focus actually should be on Palestinians in this case, because being a, Palest- uh, being a Palestinian in Germany is one of the hardest things you can be in this country, because your entire existence is denied and dismissed and, dis- and diminished. But being a Jew here who is anti-fascist is also pretty fucking hard, because every time you say something your entire identity is torn to shreds and you're essentially gaslit by a state who knows better about you and your history and your politics than you do. I mean, yeah, that's just what's been happening to, I think, like almost everyone this last week on on just like trying to keep up with the news or trying to keep up with German media is just gaslighting. Effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like at a state level. And it's like, it's just gotten to the point of just like being absolutely absurd because as you were right pointing to the like um the uh May 1st demo where you said there is like people speaking Kurdish, Arabic and Hebrew just like there this kind of united front um does threaten Germany a lot but the response to it is also just like incredibly I'm just, I mean okay personally I'm just angry that it works that the response works mm-hmm. to it is like they get a bunch of talking heads who weren't even there to just look at a photo and just point and go, that's anti-Semitic. Yeah. And well, yeah, I mean, like, I think yeah. that that first goes into the sense that the largest media thing in Germany is like, it's mostly private and it's run by people who um, are openly Zionists themselves and they've admitted it, you know? Mm. So I think the, to also just give like a little bit of hope, because I just want to repeat something we said on a bonus episode that mm. like me and Rob kind of came to the conclusion about like, 
particularly the anti-Deutsch or the this very vocally like pro-Zionist supposedly left position of the conclusion that me and Rob came to in private discussions and on also this May 1st episode, which is paywalled. So sorry, but we I'm going to repeat the point now, which is a lot of it feels like they are kind of upset they're no longer the cool kids of the left. That's like really... Maybe, yeah, yeah. It's really shallow because like the stuff that happened at May 1st that both me and Rob were very excited about is like very much solved a problem of the German left that had been plaguing yeah. this country for ages, which is it's not no longer really white. Yeah. And it's like yeah. represents the people that live in the city. Yeah. A protest and really like enjoying solidarity, um, which is actually interesting because uh, as you brought it up, um, I mean, there is actually also a similar struggle in Germany um, for, for example, Kurdish groups when it comes to not being able to uh, protest. There were so many protests that were forbidden, especially during like mm. the the military action of Erdogan, yeah. the war against Rojava, um, where where they, um, for example, um, what's it called? The demos for Afrin and stuff like that. Was- yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that Germany just like makes up these laws that are very easily, uh, uh, like, that people easily can violate that like, yeah. oh, I you mean, can't have a certain flag or you can't look, have a yeah, picture of Ozilar and whatnot. Yeah, and look, that's actually like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, penalty with yeah, a massive it's fine. It's incomplicity. Uh, cl- complicity? If only it was incomplicity. <laughs> yeah. 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 Complicit. <laughs> yeah. But it is uh, with, with like, of course, their, uh, their own interest, like, um, for example, being, being, yeah. The largest, make, one of the largest arms dealers in the two, world. That's yeah. maybe also, one of the It's two, all about money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many, how many connections are there between like Bavarian st- uh, state officials and the uh, Grey Wolf, like people yeah, that are involved there's legitimately in the people in the movement. CSU who are Grey Wolves, yes. Yeah. There is, there is a massive <laughs> so, paper trail of that. I mean, yeah. So just like pointing that out, seeing that, that there is also not only, um, joined in, in the struggles that people have to go through in their country, but also, especially also in Germany. Because there is this oppression. There is just like showing a Palestinian flag um, apparently is anti-Semitic. A Palestinian being born in Germany is probably the Palestinian. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably the next thing to be added is, to the list of anti-Semitic acts. Like yeah. Yeah. just yeah. simply yeah. existing is the problem. Yeah. The uh, the there's two little things I wanted to point out before we went up, uh, got on, but like mm-hmm. going back to the point of um, you can see seeing these connections and showing that like their interests are not with Jewish people broadly, they're not with Palestinian people broadly, which is that second one is very obvious. But like the fact that Ned Netanyahu has this incredibly close relationship with Viktor Orban, oh like yeah, probably the oh, biggest yeah. anti-Semite in like as head of government in the EU. Um. yeah like that that whole thing is just very upsetting and very like I, again it's upsetting to me because it's just like so fucking transparent it's yeah. where you oh, yeah. see that it's a global alliance of white supremacists yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. the thing that I just wanted to say before we kind of advance on to kind of this internal anti-semitism of Germany that then really just mind boggles me is that yep. um, this week or the last two weeks alone there have been a lot of cases of anti-semitism within the C- uh, CDU that oh, have yeah. not been reported. Uh, uh, obviously, the first one being uh, Hans Georg Maasen, uh oh, just yeah. you know <laughs> tweeting out stuff like globalists and the Great Reset, and you know endorsing oh, the Holocaust. Do- yeah, kind of dog whistles. Yeah, not even just dog. He's just straight up, you know, doing Nazi talking points. Yeah. Um, 
That's the first one that then the CDU came forth and said, yeah, like, I don't agree with him, but that's not Mm anti-Semitism. It's like, that is a hundred, that is legit anti-Semitism right there. The second one is that then, uh, which is maybe one of the wildest ones, is that uh, the member of the Junge uh, Union, uh, I don't know the kid's name, was kicked out for doing a Hitler salute, and he is yeah. on a poster of a thing that says, like, I stand against anti-Semitism. Yes. Like, uh, as long as it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, it's the sense, too, that then, like, exactly the thing of that, then, like, the far right, which I will put the CDU, parts of the CDU in the far right for Europe, um, there is this bizarre obsession with then their support of Israel because, like, same thing with, uh, uh, um, what's his name in the U.S., the Nazi? Spencer. Uh, Richard Spencer yeah. is a massive fan support of, of Israel. Israel because yeah. it, it, it fulfills their ethno-nationalist um, you know, fantasies yeah, yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. And it and is, when, yeah, a white supremacist when, wet dream. And when it comes, yeah, when it comes to politics also, there is no wonder because Netanyahu is nothing different than like, yeah. these far-right leaders because that is what he is. Netanyahu like, tweets out, his son tweets out anti-Semitic shit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, like caricatures. Yeah, so, you always have to look at the sons. Yeah. Uh, it's so insane to me. Like his son like, tweets out Infowars globalist shit, whatever you know that 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 New World Order conspiracy stuff all the time, like legit anti-Semitism, and it's amazing to me how then people just don't have yeah. the feelers for that of of that. Oh damn, like this is really fucking problematic, you know? But the, like, like also the, the half of the uh, like I, I don't want to say half, I don't know the numbers, but a, a good portion of the like Christian Zionists that uh, Flo mentioned in the United mm. States that support these things. Oh, they're also anti-Semites are, too. Yeah, because they're like these weird evangelicals that think the uh, the the rapture is going isn't going to happen unless all the jewels are in is- Israel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's like insane. a huge thing. Like, yeah. there's like, there's so many like uh, Jewish American written TV shows that acknowledge this like really uncomfortable, like very pro-Israel Christian faction in the United States who are just like. Mm-hmm who believes that the end of days is going to come about when all Jews return to Israel, then get killed by the fire of God, and then all oh. the Christians go to heaven. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like a very common thought. And also the white supremacy thing, because I just forgot, I just remembered this. Ugandan Jews still don't have the right to go to Israel, to yeah. like immigrate to Israel. This is actually one of the, like, just on a complete other side note, this is actually... Is it Rwandan or like, Ugandan? Sorry. Sorry, Ugandan. I just, it's think it's the Ugandans that don't have the right to return. Ethiopians are the ones who were like reluctantly let in. Yeah. This is actually how, like you mentioned the Ethiopian but Jews. Didn't and, they have like uh sterilization? Yeah. The, yeah, they did. But this is so like one that. of the, there's a really interesting side note. The reason that the Likud is so popular is actually because they were one of the first parties to let these people, um, be seen to a regard as citizens of the state of Israel. That's why they have such a political stronghold in that country was from like being one of the first ones to like kind of break the racial barrier within Israel. Kind of, kind of weird to imagine now, Yeah, but they like, they gained a large stronghold in like, I think it was like the sixties or seventies or something like that. Um, I mean, Erdogan and AKP was seen as a party to lead Turkey to the EU. So 
Like, no, I, I, mean, I, know, I mean, I know, I know, I know. Times they are a change. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this exactly. is the thing, though, is that then, like, it's the thing that's so interesting about like a party like Liquid is that I mean, I know that we're not talking about the politics of Israel right now, but the thing that is so interesting to me is that there's always like these little things that they can show, like, hey, we're the more progressive party. Isn't because... it like the way Germany's using anti-Semitism? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just like like this shit just like repeats itself in other parts of the world in different ways, and that's kind of yeah. just a really interesting one to me when like someone told me like, yeah, like Liquid at one point was like seen as progressive. Because because they yeah. were like less racist. But we, we talked about this when we talked about uh, the riots in Northern Ireland recently about like how progressive can be used against, like weaponized against the oppressed population because, I mean, this turns, this uh, this comes back to two different things. Like This goes back to the myth of like Muslims bringing am- anti-Semitism to Germany because that myth can only be sustained itself if you view Muslims or Palestinians as this lesser backwards people who all hold anti-Semitic thoughts. And similarly, also like, because um, what's his name? Meat Beater, uh, Fleischhauer. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, his first tweet in regards to May 1st was just like, oh, I can't wait for these, um, you know, uh, LGBT for Palestine groups have like a pride parade in Palestine being like, again, the assumption there being that all Palestinians must be homophobic. This progressivism thing is like weaponized against, um, against, always weaponized against the the subjugated But you see exactly this in all of the reportings in the media is that there is a use of the word Palestinians in a sense of there is only militant Palestinian. There is never like, you know, when they talk about Israel, it's always in the way of defense. Um, they're defending themselves and they always mention Hamas rockets first and not, of course, what was going on before in East yeah. Jerusalem, uh, East Jerusalem, now mixing every language. Um, but yeah, also in the sense of like how, how they use the word Palestinians if this is always a terrorist group or something. Yeah. And I find that so interesting because um, every time a Palestinian activist comes under any sort of scrutiny from yeah. uh, someone in the West, they're always challenged on their opinion on Hamas. But yeah. when it comes to very strong pro-Israel supporters, they do not apparently have to have any opinion on extremist Jewish settlers who are attacking homes and forcibly evicting people or walking around with guns and threatening people or um, throwing stones at cars or in the past having burnt a home down with a baby inside which died as a result or who are currently at the moment this week have been literally going around Palestinian shops and breaking the windows down and destroying the stores and harassing people and going around in mobs to actually lynch people while chanting death to Arabs or standing outside Al-Aqsa Mosque as trees are burning, hoping that Al-Aqsa will go up in flames while chanting literal chants of genocide. This apparently... People who support Israel do not have to be accountable for the actions of extremist Israeli settler groups or of a government that is committing war crimes. But people who ally themselves with the Palestinian struggle for freedom, justice and equality, a human rights struggle 
and a political struggle against imperial world powers. Apparently, we need to be responsible for resistance, which is allowed under international law. Apparently, you know, only one side gets to to fight back. And yeah. Actually, that side is not fighting back. They are fighting, period. The Palestinians yeah. are fighting back yeah. against a seven-decade-long occupation, which there are no comparisons to the two yeah. sides in this situation, not at all. This is the thing that's so crazy to me because I've seen this kind of come around with people who want to do the kind of both sides-ism in Germany, more so than other countries, I would say, is that you see people trying to get away. like So they'll still be pro-Israel, and the way they kind of get around it by being like, I care about the Palestinians, and they'll just talk about how uh, free Palestine from Hamas. And it's like, one, you don't know the fucking history of this you know, part of the world, how Hamas is literally an Israeli op and, you know, this and that and that second, um, like why, like, why did Hamas come about? Like, all right, if, 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 if we really wanted to like, you know, entertain that thing, it's like, why and how did this, you know, come about? And second, exactly like we said, this is simply just an equation of that. Then every, every Palestinian is then just seen as a member of Hamas and it isn't an actual sense of wanting to then inject any sense of humanity to the discussion. It just justifies airstrikes, you know, because who's going to liberate the Palestinians from Hamas? Well, they can't do it themselves because they're the ones who elected them in, even though they literally had no other option in the last election. Like there was no other party who fucking ran that anyone wanted to vote for. And the Palestinian Authority is just a puppet government of Israel too on top of it. So like what fucking choice do you have? Like I get that Hamas is a problematic organization, whole other whole other topic. But if you fucking actually cared about the sense of that then like, oh yeah, free Palestine from Hamas, you know, I I I this and that and that, blah 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 blah. You wouldn't be saying that because in your view, the only way that Palestinians can be freed is through some dumb white savior complex of stupid fucking airstrikes and shit that just murder people and Israel doesn't care about how many Palestinians that they kill. They just don't. I love like, that part in the fairy tale where the white knight saves everyone with an airstrike. Yeah. Exactly. We yeah, need to you go know. save Afghan women with, with some more bombs. That's how we're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the fact that you talked about the the how Hamas is created. It's so interesting because if we're looking, at, I just can't stop saying everything's so interesting because honestly, it, it's all just so crazy <laughs> and interesting. Yeah. I find it harrowing, but okay. Yeah. I'm saying interesting. I find so it behind that, so that I, but that's just because I'm built different. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying interesting to keep some emotional distance from it. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, coping mechanism. Yes. <laughs> Let's not feel, no, I'm kidding, we should all be feeling. But um, the the really crazy thing is, you know, nowadays people look at Al-Qaeda and they're going to be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. The, the US obviously played a massive role and, you know, funded militants and bam, we have Al-Qaeda. But the same thing is true that um, with Hamas's founding, it's it's the same pattern that reproduces itself time and time again when it comes to Western imperialism and the destabilization of oppressed people around the world, so that they can claim the resources of those people. Um, I mean, yeah, someone uh, called 
someone called Dahlia Lina VK on Instagram posted about this, about how the Israeli authorities supported the establishment and development of Hamas in the late 1970s, um, mm-hmm. financing, Palestinian, financing the Palestinian Islamist movement was to act as a counterweight to the secularists and the leftists of the Palestinian Liberation Organization yeah. and the Fatah Party. Yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, this is their creation, just like the way the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, all of these groups came to the U.S. I almost forgot. Yeah, ISIS is a, a vintage, you know, a, a fine 2014, Mujahideen, you know, terror organization. Well, just, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, 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 it's the same story, like, over and over again of just, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, going to Libya with the slave markets, being like, damn, I miss Gaddafi. Going to, uh, like, Iraq with ISIS, being like, damn, I miss Saddam. Like, it's just over and over again. Or Iran. Even if it's- I mean... The whole yeah. story of Iran oh, yeah, and the yeah, revolution. Yeah, yeah, true. One of, the, the, one, one of the original US ops. The original ops. US yeah. ops yeah. of yeah, the Shah and everything. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. But like, yeah. It, it, even if it's not like direct, like I know the, the Mujahideen was very, very direct in Afghanistan, but like yeah. ISIS was like, an accident, basically, but an accident everyone fucking saw. Coming. Eric Sorkin yeah, I mean, made a movie about how the U.S. funded the Mujahideen. Like we fucking yeah. forget about that. Oh damn, yeah, true. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. back to back back to the reality that Palestinians yeah. are facing in yes. in like what is actually happening is people around the world who support Israel are happy for Palestinians to just die. That's literally the reality. Yeah. There was a tweet by Kathleen Johnstone where the tweet reads, people who condemn Palestinian retaliations against their oppressors have no real answers for what Palestinians should do. Instead, besides nothing and die. So yeah. like we are in this world where from the night of the 13th, of May 2021, just last night, 113 people were killed in Gaza, 27 of those were children. Yet apparently Israel, the state of Israel, with its strong and incredibly large military, naval force and air force is the victim. And where where somehow people are eating up the narrative that bombing children is self-defense. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's very clear in German yeah. media. You, you've you been talking about different points about German media and what they're saying and everything. Yeah. I, I think that's yeah. a, that's a good transition as any, because we, we, yeah. we have like, uh, um, there's one situation here that Nick found that I feel like you could mm-hmm. talk about with uh, first with the MTV host. Oh, oh my. Yeah. I just wanted to, I literally just wanted to bring that up. The the thing of it that that I find is so insane here as well is that if you stand up for you know giving Palestinians a voice that hey maybe Israel shouldn't be you know committing a genocide you know because that is what it is let's just call it what it is on face value I'm not going to you know sugarcoat it um, you are firing upon people who live in an open prison practically. Um, with the sole reason of murdering them, as you know, you said last night, a hundred and how many people were were murdered? One hundred and thirteen, twenty-seven children. 
Yeah. Their whole you houses just Exactly. Died. Houses, you know, oh, but you know, they, we called ashes. them up beforehand before we just demolished oh, their yeah. houses that they can't rebuild now, you know. And they don't have fucking bunkers. Yeah. Like, they have so nowhere there to was, go. Oh, sorry. They are blockaded and they have nowhere to go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There's no bunker for them to go into. There's no iron dome. There is literally nothing. You're simply yeah, as just you said, like an open air prison. Yeah. Like, you're basically. it's it's simply the sense that then that you may die because another state can decide your fate. A state that then also controls you within a proxy state that you also then live within, where you then aren't even allowed citizenship. You can't vote. You can't do this. You can't do that. But, um, yeah, so there was a there was a, a woman, uh, Yasmin Poisey, who was an MTV moderator, who was fired via an Instagram comment on mm-hmm. one of her... Uh, pro-Palestinian things where uh, MTV terminated her contract immediately and they stated that she was an anti-Semite because she was, you know, supporting Palestine. And she made an eight minute long video on Instagram about how what she did and why she feels the way that she does, you know, simply very stereotypical things about I feel that what the state of Israel is doing is illegal and I am standing up for, you know, Palestinians. MTV then legitimately used a Nazi paper to defend their position. They used articles from Junge Freiheit, which is a notorious far right wing paper to Mm -hmm. justify their opinion of why what she said was anti-Semitic. And that is the single most vile, like, like I, I don't like, I can't believe that it's real, just to, to be completely honest. First off, there's people at MTV who are reading reading Junge Freiheit, which yeah. means there's, there's Nazis at MTV. Cool. And second... Maybe that, they mixed it up. What? <laughs> Maybe they mixed it up. Yeah, no. I mean, you know... you know. I mean, like, if you work in media, you should Yeah, if you work in media, research, you know that Junge Freiheit's a Nazi paper. Well. That's just that's just there. <laughs> but the fact that then that you're telling a, you know... A Muslim woman in Germany that she's an anti-Semite by literally quoting neo-Nazis. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what to do at this point. I mean, it's so vile and so disgusting. It's kind of like a like putting it in a nutshell what we just said before. I mean, it's actually just like, but but on a on a like. On a lower level, like on a, on a, like this, this as a specific incident, but it's basically what we said before, how a lot of like very far right people mm-hmm. are supporting Israel in that sense. And yeah, it's yeah. basically just that, but as this like small incident, or, yeah. like not small incident, it's horrible that they are doing that, but it's actually how this argument, yeah, absolutely, how these argumentations work. Yeah. And I think it really, I mean, I, I think it really kind of, uh, solidifies also the thing too that then when you see like uh, people like I mean there was that bizarre thing from Paul Tsemiak from the CDU who's like the the press uh, you know press secretary of the CDU with that bizarre picture of the CDU putting up that massive Israeli flag at the at the Konrad Adenauer Stiftung while his party is having an internal crisis of actual anti-Semites that they don't want to yeah, deal yeah. with the right in this like how far that spectrum is, is shifted to the right in Germany how these quote unquote liberal people proudly defend a genocide like like not even just proudly defend a genocidal state but proudly post about how Israel is committing genocide um and, and wave the flag so they can wave away their own yeah. anti-Semitism. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. insane. <laughs> but yeah, the fact of people like Jan Fleischhauer and Olaf Polschak continuously writing articles glorifying the murder of Palestinians mm-hmm. is like, I mean, I don't, I don't believe that there's like a predisposition to genocide amongst Germans, but damn, they really make the bad fucking case for it. <laughs> like they do, and actually, it's it's crazy if you look into German media. One of my friends was passing me over some articles before we started. Um, recording um, just to get a sense of what German media is actually saying um, is happening right now. While in real time, we are seeing videos and having all sorts of reports from people in Gaza about how this is way worse than the attacks that Israel launched in 2014, um, which killed over 2,200 people including 500 children, the fact that this is not somehow digested um, almost seven years later or seven years later, this is incredible. But the fact that German media is just so off base with it, even even CNN, which is known to spout imperialist lies, released an article with the headline, hell has been unleashed in Gaza. Okay, it's passive. It should say Israel has unleashed hell in Gaza. Yeah. But yeah. German media, let's go. Die Zeit have an article that states in the headline, it's in German, but this is English. <laughs> We're speaking English. But um, <laughs> the headline says, Israel attacks tunnel systems of Hamas in Gaza. Mm-hmm. The the distortion, the lies, the false narrative, and the propaganda is incredible in this headline because yeah. we're talking about the fact that 113 people and 27 children have just died, right? Yeah. We know what yeah. happens when Israel attacks Gaza. In 2014, an overwhelming majority, I think it was over 80% of those 2,200 people were civilians. So the fact that the site is running a headline while Israel is bombing Gaza and going in with ground troops and using artillery tanks and everything, and it's saying that Israel is attacking the tunnel systems of Hamas, when you attack Gaza, you're attacking civilians because of the dense population. So the the lies and the distortion is just so terrifying. And somehow, like all of you mentioned earlier, it's that um, it's always Israel is retaliating. I'm sorry, you don't get to retaliate when you're the person who starts it every time. That is yeah. not a retaliation. That is a display of force. Yeah, yeah. that's why that detail is written in like the seventh paragraph. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, these are responses yeah. to... It's, it's fascinating because there was this uh, interview with with a professor uh, in uh, I think she's in West Jordan right now, um, but she she was a professor at one of the universities there, and um, she had this interview with uh, VDR, I think it was mm-hmm. uh, about the situation, and kind of like VDR was kind of trying to push her into the direction of so. 
But yeah, it's it's kind of both sides, you know. Like I, they try to push because she started. They ask her what what was the situation and what has to be done. Studielat uh, basically, and she was very outspoken, saying, "Okay, this has to do with the settler movement, with oppressions for decades." Uh, so she was very much like uh, in Palestinian solidarity. Um, and they tried again and again saying, yeah, but there's also casualties on the Israeli side. So let's like, let's talk about the other side. Yeah, and they the tried most, like, again and again. Statistics and she's like- that, yeah. Yeah, and she said again and again, yeah, but this is kind of like, uh, because people have been under oppression for so fucking long that at some point, and, and you also got to see that Israel, Israel is, when it comes to, when it comes to equipment, infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera, is, way better off than Palestinians trying to just fucking like fight for their right to live. So it was just very fascinating how they still like kind of tried to pressure her into the direction. The most vile one was the Deutsche Welle art uh, uh, interview that they did with, um, I forget his name from Electronic Intifada. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. And he gave a very good interview about, you know, just stating the facts about the situation that it is. And I remember I got a, a message from um, a friend of the show who I don't think I can name because of their employment that Deutsche Welle was having an internal conflict because of this, because they it made Germany look bad that they were giving a Palestinian a platform to talk, you know, about the truth of what was happening. And then a day later, uh, Deutsche Welle releases a statement calling him an anti-Semite and that they apologize for, for airing this this article, for airing this interview with him. They took and down the interview. Took down the interview mm-hmm. and now he is uh, possibly going to be suing Deutsche Welle for defamation and uh, libel, which, you know, fucking go for it. If we had money, I would like, you know, throw money at, at you to pay for your legal fees. Like, go for Donate it. Donate to the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so, I mean, like, like I, I'm, I'm sorry, you have to be stupid and have no idea of what anti-Semitism is to watch that interview and be like, oh, he's an anti-Semite. Because not once does he mention in the sense of anything that's remotely anti-Semitic. It's simply just in the reality of what is he's currently happening in this si- hmm? if anyone he's like if anything he's attacking Germany exactly yeah because yeah. like, yeah. the, 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 yeah. the one line that stuck with me was uh, I'm probably paraphrasing it but like mm. Palestinians can't die for German guilt yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's um, I mean I feel like that describes a fair amount of the neuroses that happen in this country. Mm-hmm. And I would believe that more if every other Western European country also didn't act like this, though. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, um, I know Germany's position is different because it is this massive arms yeah. manufacturer. But like the Netherlands is acting the same. France is acting the same. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think Rob wanted us to mention the fact that like Francis has put a like a blanket ban on like um any like kind of protest yeah. yeah yeah um which uh, I think people kind of people kind of saw coming with like everything Macron has been doing with like assembly oh, laws yeah. and state of emergency and stuff I guess this is just yeah. now the time it's being manifested you mean an Islamophobe made an 
yeah. an anti-Palestinian law. I Damn, mean, I'm fucking surprised, dude. Yeah, Macron belongs to the party where the member of the party told Marine Le Pen that they are not yes. anti, like uh, Islamophobic enough. On, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That they were too soft on yeah Muslims. I love that clip just for Marine Le Pen, just like jaw dropping. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. That interview, be like, I'm sorry, what? No, we're the Islamophobic party. You, no, you can't attack us from the right. Um, yeah, which, exactly. Yeah. That's a fun electoral strategy that uh, Republican everyone is doing. doing. <laughs> yeah, okay, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, on this note of mm. the Deutsche Welle interview, <laughs> the content of the Deutsche Welle interview had in it, which was so problematic, apparently, was mm. the calling out of German complicity in the. Mm. Um, attacks on Gaza and the ongoing Israeli occupation of Palestine. And mm. that is like we talked about it at the beginning. It's the very weak spot. It's the moment of looking in the mirror. And it's the moment that every person is going to have to have at some day, hopefully, um, to look in the mirror and realize how deep white supremacy lives inside of them because it's the system that we come from. Um, and the fact that it's so hard for Germany to reconcile with its positioning in this case, it's not a surprise and Germany is not an outlier here. It's the entire EU is at fault when it comes to this situation because the EU follows a very specific role. It plays a very specific role in this situation, namely that it funds Israel's occupation from start to finish. How it does that is by literally financing the cycle of death and destruction that is taking place. Is the EU, EU member states, Germany, France, the UK, well, the UK not anymore, but formerly, um, all of them have been literally giving Israel weapons for a very long time, um, jets, all, all sorts of weapons. And these are massive, this costs massive sums of money. All of this, all of these things come from taxpayers' money. The EU has research and development uh, programs where EU weapons companies are actually partaking alongside uh, EU uh, alongside Israeli military research institutes as well. So we're literally funding Israel's military industrial complex while at the same time funding the continued reconstruction of Palestinian projects. So that's an easy argument that you can deflect from its from its position and say, oh, well, we also actually fund um, Palestine as well. There's a difference. The EU is funding Israel with weapons and it's funding Palestine with the construction of hospitals and schools after Israel bombs them. So it's a very unequal relationship. The EU is not giving Palestine any sort of weapons. It is arming Israel, and that is the problem. And there's actually a fascinating example that um, researcher David Cronin, who's based in Brussels, has uh, put down in an article a few years ago 
which demonstrates just how much the EU supports and literally aids Israel's occupation and blockade of Gaza. And that is that in 2012, the European Union was boasting about how it was giving 13 million to upgrade equipment, which is used at a crossing for goods between Gaza and Israel. And the point is that like, the EU is literally funding the crossings in and out of Gaza, a place which is under blockade, an illegal blockade. So it's literally lending Israel a full-on hand <laughs> and saying, we're going to pay for your illegal siege on this land. And, you know, that's it. You know, Israel is above the law. We're going to, Israel's above the law. We're going to fund whatever it's going to do. It's going to drop its bombs on the hospitals that we fund. But that's fine because for the EU, Palestinian lives don't really matter. It's just going to maintain its position, um, supporting Israel and then paying for the chaos and destruction that that Israel creates as a result. So it's a very deeply entrenched relationship on so many levels, um, which literally maintains the occupation. As soon as the EU stops funding all of these projects will be the moment that Palestinians can also speak up about the EU's role more clearly. It's like it sounds like they're basically funding the infrastructure for uh, Gaza's relationship mm-hmm. to be entirely like extractive, like with Israel. One hundred percent. Yeah, because like if if you're funding the 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 means for passage between those two places, and Israel's blocking passages to I don't know Cyprus, uh, like which I guess would be relatively close by sea. No, I'm taking just... offense to that. <laughs> Cyprus, 100% Greek, baby. Uh, no, it's, um, that's become my issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's that's the thing that I got like, that's also another thing I got reminded of uh, recently of um, Cyprus's lucrative industry of providing both gay and interfaith marriages uh, for Israelis and Palestinians, because they can't do it within their within their land. Like oh, I mean, wow. they can possibly have the party, but mm. yeah. Oh wait, you mean this? This? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I thought that Israel was supposed to be like the paradise of you know gay things. I'm nope, sorry. Gay marriage is still illegal. No, I, of still course illegal. it is. That's the thing. That's like that dumb fucking pink washing <laughs> bullshit of like exactly that. Exactly the fucking Jan Fleischhauer pri- thing. Because there's a pride parade. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A pride parade. Yeah. There's you know like a fucking Stonewall happened in the U S. in the 70s. I don't think that gay marriage was like legal. You know. No, the one exist. The one I got. The one I got most pissed off about was. Um, Sebastian Kurtz, I can't remember the exact statement. Sebastian Kurtz made a similar statement about like, you know, supporting gay rights and how this relates to Israel and Palestine, like completely forgetting the fact that Austria got gay marriage due to a constitutional fucking hiccup. Yeah. Like that man and his party was explicitly against it. Mm. And fuck you. And also cap like Vienna, capital of pink washing in Europe. I remember like when my friend lived there, they like when they were hosting Eurovision, they changed all because you know pedestrian signs in 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 Austria have like two people on it rather than just like one crossing green man, ample man. And then for 
Eurovision, they changed to two girls or two guys. And like wow. every Austrian I knew was just like, gay marriage, please. <laughs> Can we just yeah. have like anything? Not just like, we made you as a glowing yeah. sign. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's your inclusive traffic light. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's um, obviously with the LGBTQ community has that's been wanting. It's not equal for, rights, yeah. but just we want a traffic sign, please. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this is like a good segue into talking about repression in general, because it's this notion of states giving you crumbs of human rights so that they mm-hmm. can pretend that they're good while violently repressing other things on uh, in in other um, on other topics and in other struggles. And I mean that's very clear in Germany. People look at Germany as you know a beacon of light in the world. It's so progressive. Oh, we're so wonderful with all of our democracy out here. Um, But Germany has some extreme problems with the suppression of democratic rights, just like France, like you mentioned, it's, it's an absolute violation of law and democratic rights. What France just did to ban all demonstrations in solidarity with Palestine right now, as Palestine is facing attack and is, under a one-sided war um but repression of protest is very alive and well in germany and palestine solidarity demonstrations are the protests of the day which are facing the heaviest form of repression and that is not a new thing in germany um it's been going on for years um but it's been getting worse in Actually, it's been getting worse in the last two decades as the Palestinian uh, struggle has been becoming even more suppressed. The struggle around the world in support of Palestine has also been uh, further suppressed. And at the end of the day, oppressive governments are in power as long as we allow them to be in power, as long as we are not fighting back, as long as we are silenced, they will be in power. And what Germany is trying to do is to silence activism. And that is a part of the weaponization of anti-Semitism as well. Um, This entire attempt to invisibilize a people and a struggle for freedom. And I think you mentioned it earlier that on Wednesday there was a demonstration. I don't know if you mentioned it, but you've meant. Oh no, you mentioned at least uh, about the Jüdische Antifaschistische Bund. Yeah, yeah. And about yeah. they were important part of this. Exactly, mm-hmm. and also Jewish Voice for Peace Germany launched this demonstration along with this uh, alliance of other Jewish anti-fascist organizations and another mm-hmm. group called Palestine Speaks which has faced extremely heavy repression um, and event cancellations and so much more. As soon as something about Palestine is happening here, it's it's targeted and the, there are very strong lobbying efforts to shut down any sort of resistance. This event on Wednesday was absolutely heartbreaking to be at because of what was happening in Gaza and in Palestine at large, but because of the fact, because even more, it was especially heartbreaking, though, because of 
the response of the German police to the demonstration. There was about mm. 200 people there, a very small demonstration of 200 people. And literally as soon as the demonstration began, there was a very tense atmosphere. It was clear that the police were not happy that this was happening. And I don't know who they're getting their orders from, but right from the start at this very small demonstration where people were very much uh, abiding by coronavirus regulations, wearing masks, mm. keeping relative distance yeah. better than you're going to see at any of these mass right-wing demonstrations, which are not attacked. Yeah. Um, people, it was a very small demonstration. People had their distance. Everything was working out. And then uh, Majid Abu Slama from Palestine Speaks was sharing news about uh, family and friends who had died in Gaza, who had been killed in Gaza. And as soon as all of these moments of the speech were happening, as soon as he was delivering these parts of the speech, the police would come on the loudspeaker about the coronavirus regulations really loud. And it just, wow. they continued doing it time and time again with the loudspeaker, it was almost clear that they were literally trying to drown out the demonstration because every time someone would say something very upsetting and where people were moved, suddenly the loudspeaker would come on. And then there was a speaker from uh, Jüdische Stimme, which is Jewish, Jewish words for peace in Germany, mm -hmm. an older woman, she was delivering a speech. And then right from the start of the speech, the police started to come in right in front of where she was speaking and to pick people out and arrest them out of nowhere. Nothing was happening. There was not a single clash. People were standing, listening to speeches. Yeah. The police were marching in and picking people out at random and over 20 people were arrested that day. And I think predominantly, if not all of them were people of color, if not all Arab yeah. men. It was very targeted and the police were coming in and then at certain points beating people as they tried to pick out other people and as people arrested them, as, as people were resisting what the police were doing simply by trying to pull people away from the police who the police were hitting in the head. So it's like this... This is normal. Now it's, it's the absolute norm that at a Palestine solidarity demonstration in Germany, this is what you are going to face. And um, yeah. that is literally why we need as many people as possible. Again, today on Zonale, there were arrests. Um, there was a small demonstration. It was completely cornered off on every section by the police. And again, more arrests. And Tomorrow is another large demonstration that's going to be happening. And I mean, people are nervous. We're all nervous. People are trying to grieve and mourn collectively. People are trying to show their solidarity to Palestinians so they know that they're not alone, that the world is watching because international solidarity is what they need. We need to pick up our responsibility in this situation that we don't sit back like this is a normal thing because all of our struggles are interconnected. And that's what they're trying to stop because international solidarity works. We saw it countless times in yeah. history. Perfect example was the international campaign in support of Angela Davis when she was imprisoned. It is literally the pressure that works and we have the power. And the most important thing is that we do not succumb 
to the repression, that we keep mobilizing on the streets, that we keep going out there, and most importantly, that we keep speaking up and that we drop the fear of being called anti-Semitic because it is not anti-Semitic to criticize the violent policies of the state against a defenseless population that it occupies. So I think maybe you guys have something to say about that, about what is going on with the demonstrations in Germany. It's incredibly particular. That stuff doesn't happen in Ireland at Palestine demonstrations. Um, it doesn't even happen in the UK like this. It's German specific. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, my only, my only last, like, I don't know. No, you, you pretty much summarized that. Part. Yeah. I have <laughs> nothing else to say I mean, about that. Yeah, I think that that's a really I mean, fantastic point of exactly. how this very seems very coordinated and whatnot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's I something, mean, yeah, that, as I said before, that happened, like, yeah, it happens, uh, especially like if you if you try to go on like to the streets, take to the street, like the solidarity for Palestine, also for the Kurdish struggle, etc. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are tar- very targeted groups. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. guess, yeah. yeah. There's a, it's um, it's deeply upsetting. As uh, the only real thing I can add, um, I'm sad. Mostly, um, yeah. This has been a, this has been a heavy episode for sure. <laughs> this is this is a very necessary episode. Yeah, we need to talk about it. But it's like it's like talking about why your dog isn't coming home. It's a uh, <laughs> we need to have this conversation. Um, like I I just get really no I just get really scared. It, it, like the, to me the thing is, I guess the, my final note is just like there's. There's so many struggles in the world and I think most of the struggles in the world that I've encountered, the people around me are like at best just kind of complacent about it. They acknowledge the struggle is there. They acknowledge something horrible is happening. Maybe they don't do enough. That's kind of upsetting in its own way, but like that's something that you could overcome. This is something where I've been dealing with just statewide, media-wide gaslighting. Yeah. Of just like there is a struggle and everyone goes, No, there isn't. I know I don't want to like sound like a conspiracy theorist oh, no. or whatever, or like uh, <laughs> don't. cut uh, his mic, cut his mic. Yeah. I'm controlling this. You know, no, no, but I mean like like uh, conspiracy theorist is the wrong word, but like how like you know Jan Fleischauer does these like slippery slope arguments, yeah. you know. Personally I'm not a fan of them. But the thing that then I'm I I I'm really concerned about in the sense of that then, I mean, we've seen this in the sense how the German state likes to crack down on anyone who particularly does not happen to look German, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there there have been laws written into the German constitution post-Nazi time of that you cannot be German if you are not of German blood. This is simply just something that was, you know, rearranged in the, in the 90s. Germany is notorious for passing very racist laws and using any sorts of legal positivism to do this. And the thing that I'm genuinely concerned about is the sense of of um, and feel free to say if I'm wrong about this. Um, I legitimately think that then this overlap of of that anything that then isn't like Germans leading the conversation about anti-Semitism is going to be Germans reacting to anti-Semitism with what they see as being an anti-Semitism into the sense that that German the only way that Germans know how to react to things, which is criminalizing things. And I'm very, very, very afraid for people who are then within these activist communities mm-hmm. um, 
in one way or another being criminalized for something that then would be like Volksverhetzung or, um, you know, hate speech oh, like or whatever. Like something they already which did in Bavaria are, during the, uh, like, the Kurdish protest. Yeah, exactly. And so the thing of that then because just for showing a Palestinian flag, so the existence of yeah. being like Palestinian or of Palestine being uh being uh, that it like exists against the law, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the fact of the like, yeah, because I mean, Yulia, like Yulia, perfectly mentioning just now the sense of you know that you can make a a a, a symbol illegal. You, you can make yeah. a symbol a symbol of anti. You can make a flag. Illegal. You can make a flag. You know, a symbol of anti. Like I am. I am very concerned with a group of people who one have no idea what anti-Semitism actually is and two who don't actually care about what it actually is or like leading yeah. then a legal battle on what anti-Semitism is and I think that that's going to be a massive uh uh problem is the is the lightest way of putting it but it'll be a a, a massive roadblock I think for then a lot of of work being done because these conversations are going to be one already, which they're already dominated by white Germans, and two, there's going to be a legal framework that then is backed by horrible definitions of something that then they don't understand, imprisoning people for, you know, standing up for oppressed people, which has happened in plenty of other cases. In in uh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's happening in Germany already. Um, yeah. they're using a pseudo legal definition to suppress Palestinian activism already yeah. to suppress peaceful Palestinian activism. But I can say one thing to that. And mm-hmm. that is the more they repress, the more we will resist. The more they repress in Palestine, the more Palestinians will resist. The resistance will not go until the very end and until liberation. And it is the same with international solidarity. We will keep going and the people will keep getting more and more angry after they repress even harder. And that's also very indicative of what happened on May 1st. People are angry now. People in Germany are angry in ways that they have not been angry in a very, very long time. And they're only set to get even more angry. And people are finally realizing that Palestine is not a taboo topic. It's only a taboo topic as long as we allow it to be a taboo topic. We need to keep talking about it. And we need to realize that we have a very important role out here. We also play a role in fueling Palestinian spirit just as they play a role in feeling our spirit. It's two-way humanity that we are seeing at play here, where people are opening their eyes and realizing what it actually means to be human. Being a soldier, (laughs) you know, you dehumanize yourself to be a soldier and to behave that way. And we are rehumanizing ourselves out here in the West, in countries where our humanity has been stripped from us from day one because we've been forced into these systems to think that it's normal, to think that white supremacy is normal, to think that capitalism is normal, to think imperialism is normal. We have so much unlearning to do. And as part of that unlearning, we need to remember how to speak again and to not be afraid to speak. And maybe I can just read something from Audre Lorde, which is really powerful on this point, so that we can end with everybody taking away the hopeful note, because that is what we need. We need to hold on to our hope because Palestinians have held on to their hope. After seven decades of occupation, they will not give up. They will continue. So we need to continue. And this tweet was written by Shata Ayman, where she wrote, 
Whenever I'm scared to speak out on Palestine, I remember this quote by Audre Lorde. Quote, I was going to die sooner or later, whether or not I had even spoken myself. My silences had not protected me. Your silences will not protect you. What are the words you do not yet have? What are the tyrannies you swallow day by day and attempt to make your own until you will sicken and die of them still in silence? We have been socialized to respect fear more than our need for language. So I think actually the most important thing is that we keep talking and that we keep going onto the streets and making our voices known. Yeah. That is a very good and classy way to end an episode of a podcast where we usually talk about Money Boy and bears and very That's dumb things true. like that. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you weren't here true. last week. We talked about Money Boy oh, and I bears. I wasn't here. Yeah, I'm only your... here for the important things. Yeah. Uh, no, we need to give our brains a break sometimes as well. <laughs> I can I can rationalize there's a useful political reason to understanding Germany through Money Boy. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think this is the yeah, these are beautiful words to end uh kind mm -hmm. of yeah, very sad but also very important episode. So yes. yeah. Uh, with with that I will uh say Flo, thank you so much for coming on and proving the point that this is either the smartest podcast for dumb people or the dumbest podcast for smart people. I can't decide <laughs> which. Um uh what do you have anything to plug, anything to shout out? Um, all I can say is don't believe what you hear in the mainstream media and make sure you're following the groups. Maybe you have show notes where we can um, send some links for who to, follow, who to join. The most important thing is to get active and to realize that you have the power and you only don't have the power if you're not united with people who are active then you're alone you're isolated as an individual which is what the system wants so do exactly what the system doesn't want you to do and join people and um we will never understand the pain here of living under settler colonialism and occupation and apartheid and we can only send our condolences to palestinians who continue to lose their friends and their family day by day not only as Gaza is attacked, but also outside of these peak moments where people care. And also in the West Bank where six people were shot dead by Israeli military today. We cannot understand this pain. Um, we can do our best to try and we can practice solidarity. And solidarity is not a passive word, it's an active word. So yeah, thank you also for creating the space in Germany to talk about this, the very, very scarce space um to talk about this in this country and thank you for yeah making making it possible and yeah we need more of that anytime anytime at all and lastly because we're going to be sharing this out for every week until it is done go volunteer for deutsche von and cohen teignon dm rob if you don't know how to do that rob will help you out okay catch you guys on Friday for the next bonus. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.